Welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Noah Tetzner, a curious student of classical education and podcast producer. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on the Quarter Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome back to A Court of Three Strands. We're talking about family in this season. In today's episode, you're all in for a real treat because our topic is husbands. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. <laughs> husbands. Husbands. Yes. What are they good for? Mr. That's Young. a good question. No, they're great. Good for lots of things. Uh, yeah. It, as you, you noticed in the... In, in Ephesians, as it talks about roles and uh, what the, uh, Paul addresses wives first and then husbands and then children. And uh, <clears throat> because this is a, a fun topic and, uh, you know, being a little nervous about these things, <laughs> I thought I'd start with husbands first and then go wives. And then, yeah, I'm not as bold as Paul. How does that sound? Right. I'm not well, as bold Paul as wasn't Paul. married. So Paul. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, so I'm going to start with husbands, and then we'll do wives for the next episode. And then we're going to do two episodes of training children. So that that'll finish out our season. Um, and uh, well, the at least one on training children. The other one will have to do with children and parenting again. Yeah. Um, but also a kind of a sum of our of our season. So I should get started. Uh, Ephesians uh, chapter five. Um, I'm I'm going to start with um, with verse twenty two uh, today, even though it that addresses wives because it'll give context, right? So um, context: the Apostle Paul is writing to the Church of Ephesus and talking about um, the application of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Right of of being saved, um, and he starts with the church, and that the church in the church one should submit one to no, one um, to one another out of reverence for Christ, out mm-hmm. of reverence for Jesus. Um, people within the church ought to submit to one to another. Now, the force of that word submit, yeah, then continues on in the next verse where it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and his is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, so that the the continuation, we know this is a continuation, relationships within the church, submitting to one another to another, the, the word submit um, in verse uh, 22 is added in English because it, it's really in 
um, the previous verse submitting to one another. So, so it could say wives, likewise to your own husbands as to the Lord. Mm. And, and so anyway, so wives are supposed to submit to their husbands because the husband is the head of their wife as Christ is head of the church. And then Paul goes on to talk about husbands, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it is. it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I add that because sometimes we forget to thank God for his word because it tells us how things ought to be. And, and so um, these are not suggestions that Paul gives the church, <laughs> right? They're yeah. not suggestions. These are commands. And these commands are there because this is how God made things. This is rooted in creation. It's, it's not something that he just added so that it's uh, contextually only for the Roman Empire or something like that. This is, this is what God intends for marriage. Yeah. And, um, and, and we should be thankful. Um, I, I was recently in uh, Southern California. My, my daughter goes to Providence Christian College, a classical Christian school in Pasadena, California. Um, there's a little plug. It's a great school, by the way. It's small. Um, they take the word of God very seriously. Um, the culture is just fantastic. I mean, they're, the kids are uh, intelligent, curious, loving. Yeah. Um, almost all of them play collegiate sports. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. Like it's, it's, I really enjoyed it. The professors have this great relationship with the students. So there's your plug. Um, Providence Christian should sponsor this actually. No, they should, (laughs) they should. Anyway. Um, one of the professors there was talking about how um, if you had a, a beach, like a beach ball, and you were trying to keep it underwater, mm. like, have you ever done that? You're oh, in a yeah. pool, you grab a, you, you're kind of holding <laughs> on to it. You kind of keep it down under the water. It will inevitably be, it will inevitably come up. Right. Because that's what balls will do in water, you know, full, mm. filled with air, they'll keep coming up and you can struggle to keep it down as best you can, but it will always come up at some point. Right. In, in the same way, God has made the world as it is. There's a reality that is true. There, there's the, a way that God had made things to work that he called good. Right. Mm. And uh, making us male and female, he made it, very good. Whenever we decide that we know better than God and try to do things different, it's kind of like trying to hold that vol- that ball underwater. Mm. It, it will always pop up and, and it'll, it'll always not be good. Yeah. The, the more we struggle to keep it underwater. Right. right, right. So, so I, I say this as a preliminary to this because 
there are some hard things being said here. No, you might've noticed, <laughs> right? Um, you have wives are supposed to submit to husbands and husbands are supposed to love their wives and give themselves up for her, making her holy and blameless, right? By the watering of the word, um, like Christ loved the church. And, and this, is, um, this is not easy. No. This, in fact, after the fall, I will say, isn't even natural anymore for us. This is, this is hard work. And, and apart from the grace of Jesus Christ, I would say that this, this is just really hard. And, and I will say the reason why we want to submerge the, vault, the ball in the water is because sin in the world has made the created order dysfunctional. And what you see is, is that um, you will say uh, uh, abuses that happen, right? Right. You, you will see throughout the ages, you'll see from time to time, <laughs> I'm using that facetiously, <laughs> um, women not so happy with submitting to their husbands and men not uh, loving their wives. In fact, you would say um, there are times where men uh, use the verse that wives are supposed to submit themselves to them as a way to abuse them. Mm. And, and you have women who will um, in, uh, continue to, uh, you might say, um, not respect their husbands because they don't feel like they're being loved the way they ought to be. Right. Right. And, and so it's, it's a really weird, weird thing. I heard Doug Wilson once say, he's a pastor in Idaho who said, said, said this, P Paul gives these commands not because they're easy, but because they're what we need to hear. Right. So the, it, it says here for the wives are supposed to respect their husbands and husbands are supposed to love their wives. In reality, it's very easy for wives to love their husbands. Mm. And it's very easy for husbands to respect their wives, but the opposite is difficult. So Wilson said, said this, he, he goes, Imagine a scenario where you have a group of, of women uh, in the church parking lot, all complaining about their husbands. <laughs> Why? They don't respect them. Yeah. And then one of them looks at the watch, goes, oh, no, I got to get home and make sure dinner's on the table. Why? Because they love their husbands. Right? Right. <laughs> the admonition here isn't from Paul saying, wives, you need to love your husbands and husbands, you need to respect your wives. It's the opposite. Women, you need to love, you need to submit to your husbands, right? right? Uh, um, you need to respect them and, and husbands, you need to love your wives. So let's talk about husbands. Yes. We're going to start there. Yes. So first question, it, it says here, the Bible says that a man is the head of their wife. Yeah. And you might ask, well, what does that mean? Right. What does headship mean? Well, I know we talked about it in a previous episode, I think in we season did. one. Yeah. Um, headship has to do with responsibility. Like when you're the head of an organization, you're the one that's the, the responsible one. You're the, you're the one yeah. who, who is responsible for that corporation. Or I was the head of school, you know, another name for headmaster is the head of school. Yeah. So that means the buck stops with me. I'm responsible for the school. So. If something goes wrong at the school, um, I might not be guilty of whatever offense it was, but I'm responsible for the school. Right. Whatever problems come from that problem, I have to deal with because I'm the one responsible. 
even if I'm not guilty for it. Yeah. In the same way you have, um, you have, uh, you have a husband and you have a wife Mm -hmm. and you have a, we, yes. Right. Right. So you have a, you have a husband who has an opinion and desires and and things and thoughts, and you have a, a, a woman, a wife who has, uh, thoughts and things and, you know, does things. Um, and, and, uh, a husband is, can easily talk, uh, uh, and defend and, uh, advocate for himself and his desires and needs and wants. And a woman can do the same, right? The question is who speaks for the, we, right? Well, the, the head does the head of the household does. Right. And what, what God has done is he's made the family in such a way that the husband is the head, the head, the head. So, um, so he's responsible. Again, I think in our season one episode, I used the Titanic, right? right, if, right. if I remember right. Um, so the, the Titanic is out there. The captain of the ship has just spent 12 hours on, on the bridge. He has now handed over controls to his first mate, his first officer, and he goes to bed because it's, it's night and he needs to go get some sleep before he takes command again. Right. He gets in bed, goes to sleep. And the, uh, the, the uh, first officer has some, some, uh, <laughs> something to drink and then runs into an iceberg and the thing sinks and kills all these people. The question is, who's guilty? Well, it's the first officer is guilty of this sin. Right. But who's going to be held responsible for the Titanic? The captain is because he's the captain. Right. He's the head of the ship. Right. In the same way, in a marriage, in a family, um, a wife is responsible for her own sin, her, her guilt, yeah. so to speak. A man will be responsible for their own sin in terms of guilt. Children will be responsible for their sin, you know, the guilt. Yeah. But when you th- think of the family, the household itself, the man is held responsible. Yeah. So if, um, if, for instance, um, you know, the, uh, um, you know, say my, my wife goes on some shopping spree, so first of all, this never happens. My wife is frugal as I'll get. I almost said cheap, but he, she's not cheap. She's frugal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frugal as I'll get out. Um, but Good. let's just suppose she she goes and she she spends all our money and we don't have any money and we can't pay her bill, right? Mm. Um, she did it. She would be guilty of that. Um, but I'm I'm still responsible for it. Right. Or say she went and she got a a big credit card debt, um, unbeknownst to me. Yeah. Well, guess who's responsible for that debt? You are. I am, right? It's, it's as the head of the household. That's, that's the idea of being a, a head. So, so the idea is, is that um, someone has to be responsible for this, you know, held ac- to account. Yeah. Who does, who does God uh, hold accountable for the marriage and for the family? He holds the man accountable. Right. So if you're a husband out here, I, you need to understand that that is the case. God holds you responsible for your household, not your wife, mm-hmm. not your children. Mm-hmm. You, you are the one responsible. You will have to answer to God for your household. That should make you quake in your boots, right? Um, what, one of the, um, the, the idea of uh, having to dispute this is new, right? Yes. 
In human history, this is new. In the history of the church, this is new. In fact, it's almost entirely local in America that we have to talk about this as some sort of weird thing. Yeah. Because at all times and places, it's been like everyone knows this. Even non-Christian communities. Right. Right. That's that's always been the case. There's there's a headship, a male headship um, in, in the household um, and, the, and this responsibility. One of the things that egalitarianism, which is the, uh, the newer thing that it happens within certain uh, churches, meaning that, that they're really headship is really not mm. emphasized. It has to do with like a it's like a making the household a democracy. Right. Right. So there's no we anymore. There's there's husband opinion and wife opinion. Right. And they're equal. And so you you know, one's no one's really responsible. You know who loves this? Cool. Husbands. <laughs> because they don't have to be responsible anymore. Right. 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 So, so here's here's how it often works. Right. So in a, in a complementarian home, um, my wife and I are deciding on uh, a course of action. So we talk about it. Wife has her opinion. Husband has his opinion. Right. But there still has to be a we. So so when the husband um, takes on the role of head, he's not expressing his opinion. In other words, he's not saying this is my idea that we're doing. It's it's he's answering for the we. And what might happen is, is that um, he said he's thought, OK, we're going to do what my, my wife's suggestion sounds very reasonable. It's not my ideal, but I, for her sake, we're going to, we, the yeah. we, that's what we're going to do. And let's suppose it goes wrong. It goes haywire. And the wife goes, oh, I'm so sorry. That didn't go well. That, I know that was my idea, whatever. The husband says, no, 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 no. I, I made that decision. I, I, that was the we we came up with. And I'm responsible. You know, don't, don't worry about it. Like that's right. You're, you're shouldering the burden of the decision. Right. And right. if, and if it goes right, or if it goes well, you go, I'm really glad you came up with that idea. Cause look how great this is. Yeah. That that's the idea. Yeah. Right. Um, in an egalitarian house, what, what, what happens is like, yeah, see, I knew we should have done my idea. Mm. Does, that, does that, does that make right. sense? There's no, yeah. you know, this whole idea of like a headship as being kind of a covering. That's the, that's the idea that, that you're, um, the, the, the man is taking responsibility for the decision for what's, what's being done. Mm -hmm. It's not saying that, um, I think what's the, the word, you know, like, well, who has the final say like that? I don't know. Have you ever had those discussions? Yeah. Like, well, who has this final say the husband does, or, you know, whatever, <laughs> as if it's yeah. like, you know, he's ruling with this iron fist. Well, yes, they, there's the final say is with the husband, but it means that they're also entirely responsible. Yeah. So what, what would you say, Mr. Young to, and I'm, I'm sure you have encountered these situations where, you know, you have a marriage and the husband is objectively not quite bright, right? Yeah. Not a good leader. Yes. Should the wife still follow him? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what, what has to happen is, is that you, you okay. IQ isn't the same as wisdom. Does that, does that make sense? Right. There could be a husband who's not that bright, but needs to learn wisdom. And that wisdom might be, 
I need to listen more to my wife. Mm. Does that make sense? Right. right. They're still going, the the wife is still going to be uh, needing to submit to her husband and he is still going to have to take responsibility as the head of the household. Yeah. And so he, what he has to do is gain wisdom. He might not be able to increase his IQ points that much. Right. You know what I mean? You can, I mean, there's certain things you can do. The, the issue is wisdom. What's the wise thing to do? Yeah. And, it, and if he's wise, he would know to listen more to his wife and get other perspectives. So the decisions being made are, are good ones. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? That makes sense. I like, here's a good little anecdote. Let me know your thoughts on this, Mr. Young. Hopefully it's illustrative for listeners. So uh, I was once talking to a, uh, a pastor friend of mine and I won't tell you his, um, his take on it, but you know, there was a husband and a wife. And the husband was this kind of like misplaced entrepreneur who would always concoct these visions of grandeur. And he'd end up, you know, in financial ruin, essentially. And and the wife had come to the pastor and she said, pastor, what should I do? My husband has another one of these ideas. Should I follow him? You know, and, um, you know, is it so in that kind of a situation, you know, perhaps the husband isn't wise, but it is the role of the wife to follow her husband, is it not? To submit to him. Right. H- however, however, the, the, the husband has responsibilities and needs to be held accountable for those things. So okay, if he is um, bringing his household into financial ruin because of his wild ideas, the elders of the church should be having conversations with him. Right. So, so this is, this is where complementarianism has gone amok. Okay. Yeah. Is that we live in a highly individualistic society. Yes. Right. And if, if, if men are not submitting themselves to the elders of the church, right. That they're not, they somehow you know, they, they see church as a dispenser of religious goods and services, and it's an optional thing. And, yeah. you know, who are they to say anything to me? Um, then, then this is a dangerous setup. But again, the way God has it set up is that, remember, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ, right? That, that right, came right. up earlier. So if, if there's a, if a, if a, a, a man is bringing their family into, into ruin mm-hmm. um, through his entrepreneurial ideas um, and the wife brings it up to the, well, she should go to the husband and get permission to, you know, to, right. to do it, but you know, right. whatever it there, but there, there needs to be a, an accountability like that. The, the husband is sinning, right. By doing right. this, bringing your household into ruin as a pattern, right? Yeah. In other words, they didn't learn from the first time and they didn't learn from the second time and it's right. going through us to, this is sin. Yeah. And so the elders of the church need to confront them with the sin of what they're doing. Mm. And so, yes, she, she needs to submit herself to her husband. She needs to respect her husband. She needs to pray for her husband, do everything she can for her husband. But the husband also needs to listen to the elders of the church. So when you're married, you're not on an island with just your spouse. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's, There's lots of, you know, you have lots to say in America and who you marry. Right. right? So, so part of that is trying to, trying to find the, you know, if you're a woman, who's the, who's someone I could submit to. 
who can I, again, back to pride and prejudice, right? Elizabeth, yeah. right? She's not going to marry some guy she can't respect. Right. And submit to. And, and this is Darcy, right? Yes. And so it worked. Oh, I hope I didn't spoil it. If you haven't read Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> I'm sorry. It, but it's a good book. Great it's book. a great book. Yeah. Um, but that, but that's, that's part of what, what you have to do is find out, can you, can you submit to this person? Can you respect this person? Gotcha. Um, and, um, and that, and the husbands, again, we're supposed to be talking about husbands here Yeah, is that husbands, you, you have to find accountability. If, if you don't have accountability, right. Remember it should scare the pants off you that God's going to hold you accountable for your household. Yeah. Right. This, this should have a, a, a deep fear of the Lord should be upon us as men that God's going to hold us to account. Right. And we see the responsibilities here. Of, uh, I mean, listen to this. Um, Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. How are you guys doing? Right? Yeah, right. So, so what, what, what this does, Noah, is, is in, in honesty, mostly when we talk to men about this, this, um, this fear, like this kind of overwhelming weight of this yeah. and, and, and the responsibility of being the one who is um, responsible in, in this sanctifying uh, part of, uh, of um, it, it, that that's, that's heavy. Yeah. And, and so what, um, what we tend to do, men tend to do is not go <clears throat> right on, right on, right on. I'm going to do my, I'm going <laughs> to figure this out and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. No, usually yeah. they go, huh? I don't know if that's still applicable. I'm going to go compliment. I'm going to go uh, egalitarian on this and uh, and be passive, right? And that's not a good answer because you might believe differently, yeah, but you're wrong, and God is going to hold you account. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do I, do I mean we can't right, do mental right. gymnastics to get this uh, out of the way, so. Um, you, you need to love your wife as you do your own body, as your own, as yourself, mm. right? right? What is, what is it that your wife needs from you? What is it that you're going to do? How are you going to serve her? How are you going to lead her? Now, now this brings us to the, to another, another question. I did, I recently did a uh, men's breakfast at our church on spiritual leadership. And, mm. and often in, in Christianity, the, the newer term we we talk about servant leadership. Yeah, servant leadership is an excellent phrase. Yeah, it's an excellent phrase. It's a very new concept once again, and it is true that we are to be servants, servant le- leaders who serve, and and that that's clearly what the the Bible is saying here. That Paul is saying for us in our loving of our wives is to serve her, and, but it doesn't say that means you don't have to lead. And, and generally that's what, what gets communicated. Right. Like we're, we're so, um, we're so uh, afraid of what the Bible is actually saying that we, we kind of make stuff up. Right. So, so the way that our leadership is, is, is as a servant and we're just there to serve our wives. And when we have problems and questions then the pastors always say, well, just serve your wife better. 
love her better. What, right. Yeah. And, and what about leading? Like you, like if you're the head and you're actually the one responsible, there's a, there's a leadership aspect of it that you actually have to lead. But like, what's the vision? Right. Like in our last episode, we talked about that. There's, it's not just relationship. It's also um, uh, dominion. And there, there has to be uh, both a relate the relational part of, of mm. sanctification, but also um, for the purpose of, of this dominion. Yeah. So, and if, and if the picture of, of, of good marriage, isn't just the wife and husband looking at each other, it's, it's them looking outward together. Yeah. What's the plan? What's the, what is the vision? So, so men, what are you doing? Um, what is the plan and purpose that you're providing for your family? Where are you going that you're going to be held accountable? Yeah. And, and that's, that's the part that's missing. And I think, I think a lot of men get frustrated because they don't know what to do. Right. And when they're only told, well, just need to love your wives more. Okay. But yeah, but then what? Yeah. So, you know, you know, Mr. Young, being a husband is a leadership role, obviously. And, um, you know, in order to lead anything, I mean, you're, you're leading something. You must begin with the end in mind. You must have a destination, right? Yeah. You sound like you've taken my leadership class. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yeah. Well, um, do you think that's a a key problem? A lot of men just don't have an end goal in mind with their family and their household. I think so. I, I would say if you just look at Americans in general, right. Um, we just live day to day, paycheck by paycheck. Yep. The majority, not, not everyone, but the majority it's like there's, and, and where there's no vision, the people perish. Yeah. Right. No. And so there's no vision. There's no buy-in, right. It's like, Hey, here's the dream. This is where we're pursuing. This is what we're, we're doing. And, and then, um, and, and uh, there's buy-in and you, and you go for it. And this is, this is how we're going to live our lives and order things to the glory of God and serve our neighbors and do these things. And if there's none of that, it's just me looking at the checkbook and talking about bills being paid. Right. Right. Is that the marriage you want? Like, is that really like for what's the, what's the, where's it going? Right. So, so here, here's the other, in my, in my, con, in my, my, um, men's breakfast talk. I, I, I said this too. There are a lot of men who don't have a clue what a Christian marriage and family ought to look like mm. because they didn't grow up in one. They grew up in a single parent household. They, their parents weren't Christian or what have you. And yeah. their, and their wife might have a much better idea. Yeah. It, it doesn't say that the men are the ones that have to have the vision, Right. Yeah, they they can get that from their their wife can go. We ought to do this, and they can go. Yeah, you're right, but but they're the ones leading now, right? Yeah. You have to you you got to take it and run with it. You got to and and the other part is, if you don't know, you need to ask. You need to find out. Mm. You need to study. Um, you ever listen to Jim Jim Rohn? The not not the oh, sports sure. guy, but the motivational speaker. Yes. Oh yeah. And uh, you know. You got to read the Bible, right? That guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I listened to this one uh, recently cause it, it popped up on a, some sort of feed and it was, it was, it was great. He talked about, okay, so what, what do you do when you have a problem? And he gave this, he gave this thing. So, so the first thing you ought to do is ask the question, what can I do? Ask the question, what can I do? 
and then write down everything that you think you could do to solve this problem. Yeah. And then, and then you, on the other part of the paper, then you evaluate each of those ideas. Yeah, this will work. This doesn't, this might work if I got more of this, right? And, and sometimes that could be a solution. Okay. What's my vision? What's this? I can, here's what I can do about it. But, but he says, often you, you come to, you don't, you don't, it's still unanswered. So the second question is, yeah, what books or resources can I go to? And you list those and you start studying like, <laughs> here we go. You start studying. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I have to tell you, we have to, we have to take things seriously. Yeah. It says husbands, um, you love your wives as Christ loved the church. You know, you, you're the head of your, your wife. This is serious stuff. You're going to be held account. Yeah. Study this. Right. So what are the resources you can look at? What are the books you can look at? You know, write those down, start checking them out, reading them, go to your pastor and grab books and, and, and resources and, and read and study. And then the third is who can you ask? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so generally what, what happens is um, people don't like to study and they don't like to read. So they just go ask. And then, and then as a pastor or an elder, you feel like you're wasting your time because they're not all that serious about it. Yeah. What, what I'm saying is, is that if this is what God has called us to, to be yeah. and is going to hold us accountable to it, then we best figure out what it means to be uh, the head of our, our wife and, and the head of our household and study it up, read those books, yeah. have those conversations. Yeah. Take it seriously. Don't waste your pastor and your elders time. Get to a point where you can say, this is what I've read. This is what I've gotten. This is where I've gleaned. What am I missing? How can I help? Right. Yeah. And, and find accountability. Like, like it's a, it's a, it's a really important thing. Um, you know, and, and so when I'm again, to, today we're talking about husbands mm-hmm. and primarily I'm talking this role of headship. I, I haven't gotten into any techniques. I didn't talk about active listening. I didn't talk about <laughs> date night. I didn't talk about anything. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm trying to get across is that this is what the Bible says about husbands, that they are the head of the household. They're the head of their wife and they're to love them. And, and if I could just get that across so that you have sufficient fear that you're going to do everything it takes to figure out how to be really good at it. Mm. that's all I want. Yeah. That's all I want. Um, and, and so if, if you go to our resource page on our website, um, which is palatineinstitute.org, palatineinstitute.org, there's a resource page and, and we will have a bunch of resources. So if you're interested in what would be good books to, to talk about marriage and family, mm. that's where they will be. Yeah. Okay? Palatineinstitute.org. Look at the resource page. You want to be a good husband, start reading these books. Okay. Yeah. And then if you have questions after you've read those books, talk to your pastor, talk to your elders, find accountability, right? Love your wife. Okay. And here we go. That means your wife probably isn't going to think you're a jerk. So if you are, if you are serious about being the head of your household and you are being diligent upon it, and the result is your wife now thinks you're a jerk. You're not doing it well. Mm. You, you need to have other people invested in what you're doing. 
mm-hmm. right? Other men who can help and guide you and hold you accountable so that you're, so that you are loving your wife. Well, now last thing, I know I'm going long. No, I, no, you're good. But I, last thing here that I want to, I want to mention yeah. is that we're addressed as husbands. No, do you know what a husband is? Oh man. I mean, everything we talked about today. <laughs> well, well, I, it's a borrowed term, right? Sure. Uh, husbandry. Husband. I was going right? to say that's something to do with farming animals. If, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so what, one of the interesting things is, is that in the English language, the man in a marriage has been given the title husband. Mm. And so, you know, in the Greek, it just says man. Right, man yeah. and, and wife. And in English, we would call the man in that marriage a husband. And what I want I want us to realize is that um, so husbandry is is that if you're talking about animal husbandry, yeah, the 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 person doing the husbandry is creating an environment and taking care of an animal such that they can flourish, that they can they can uh, reproduce and that they're healthy and that they're, they're happy and they're, and it's good. Right. right. Um, husbandry, when it comes to, to plants, it's the same thing. It has to do with flourishing. The husband is the one responsible for the flourishing of their garden, yeah. which is their home and their wife. Right. Right. So this, this is, this is a great way to look at it. If I'm to be the head of a home and to the head of my wife, and I'm to love her as Christ loved the church. The way I know that I'm doing it well is that my wife and her life is one that's flourishing and it's good. And that's my goal, right? Mm-hmm. Not to make her happy, you know, that, that self-fulfillment stuff we yeah. talked about, but that we're, we're nurturing our wives and, and the cultivating of our home life so that she's flourishing. Yeah. And that's, that's the idea of being a husband. And if we would, if we would see that as that's what it means. Um, and so as a husband, we're, we're working on the vision, mm-hmm. right? And, and it might not even be our idea. It might, we might not be the qualified one to figure out the vision for our home. Yeah. It might even be our wives and that's okay. The Bible doesn't say you're the one that has to have the vision. It's that you're responsible for it. Yeah. Right. You're the head. And that, and that you're, you're, you're doing that and you're, you're, you're making the decisions based on the we yeah. and not the I. Okay. Yeah. And, and that, and that this is, this is the goal of being a husband of loving her in such a way that it's like Christ loving the church that we're, that your wife and your kids, your household is flourishing and heading down that, that direction. That's, that's good and glorifying to God. So it's a huge role. It's very difficult. I don't see why anyone would want it, right? Just the whole aspect of the fact that someone's, my wife's going to submit to me. Holy smokes, right? So we need to get our act together, take it seriously, study, pray, be accountable, talk to people. It, it's, it's a good thing. 